0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome, welcome another episode of Punt Intended, a Fantasy NBA Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Rhett Bauer, joined as always by my co-host, Travis Fuller. How are we doing today? Oh, you know, just out here throwing some Dynasty content out. That's all.
1: Well, we got some some great stuff. We got uh, the NBA finals going on right now. We got Olympic basketball this year. So a lot more, a lot more basketball this year than we uh, maybe anticipated with the Olympics. I don't know about you, but I'm I don't really care a whole lot about US basketball. And that's not to say that I don't love US basketball. Travis
0: unpatriotic?
1: No. Let's not get to, <laughs> let's not get into my, my patriotism here. But I actually get more interested, more excited to watch the international guys and how the NBA players play when they're on their international team. I, I just think it's really interesting how a guy like Saturansky is the backup on the Bulls,
0: doesn't play a whole lot. But he's a really good player for Czech Republic. <laughs> I think Bogdanovich is the best example of that. Last year, it was in, obviously it wasn't Olympics, but it was some international, I think FIBA, and he just blew up and went crazy. And then he kind of carried that over into the regular season. Frank Nielakina also went crazy. So, like, take that with a <laughs> grain of salt to a certain extent. Uh, before we get into our topic for today, we just want to thank everybody once again. We're really loving the feedback we're giving, getting. And if you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star rating and a review to let us know what you think, we'd really look forward to that. Somebody who gave us a five-star rating also gave us a trade and he's in a 16 team league, nine cat. He's punting threes and free throws. He actually won the league last year and decided, you know, he's not going to try to build a dynasty. He's going to just take his one championship and uh, not necessarily rebuild, but more retool. So he traded Kevin Durant for number four this year in a 2022 mid first. And if you're expecting me to go on, I'm not because that's the entire trade package. And personally, I like it. Trav, what do you think? Well, first
1: off, what a luxury it is to to win the championship and then I'll just get rid of KD because I got enough firepower to, to go after it again. Right, the convenient. absolute
0: arrogance so. of this guy. I
1: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I agree. If you look at his team, he has a nice balance of young and old. I don't think trading away KD is going to influence his chances too much on winning another championship. Now, a lot of that depends on if other teams are getting better as well. So that's kind of the stuff we may not know. But in essence, I, I do like the trade. Uh, one4 more than likely is going to be either Mobley green or Suggs depending upon how his league drafts. And then you never know, you got that nice 22 mid first next year that that could have some value as either a trade asset this coming season, or he keeps the pick and and can find a guy or find a target there in that, that mid first.
0: Yes. This came from our guy, Nick over on Twitter. So thank you very much for reaching out. He has LeBron. Russell Westbrook, Gobert, Robert Covington, and John Wall. So those are his old guys. So pretty old on the old guys. But he also has Ben Simmons, John Morant, Lonzo Ball, and Yusuf Nurkic. So a decent young core as well, especially for a punt three free throw build. But he also said that he just loves this top four. And that matters a ton because how you feel about the draft class coming up matters almost as much as anything else, especially when you're trading for something that's as unknown as we can have in fantasy basketball. And that's draft picks, which is a great transition into our topic for today, which is how you should be evaluating draft picks in your league. We had somebody pose this question to us on discord, I believe. And he was just like, how should I be evaluating draft picks? And it was such an interesting question that is required such an in-depth answer. We made a podcast just for that.
1: Yeah, it's extremely tough to value draft picks because everybody has their own opinion on them Yep. and everybody has their own opinion on which prospects they like, or, you know, in general, what is a draft pick worth? Would you rather have that player now, a player, you know, a player that's consistent that, you know, what stats he's going to bring to your fantasy team or have that player, have that intrigue, the upside of the, the draft pick, as well as not having to have that asset take up a roster spot.
0: Which matters in keeper leagues quite a bit, which if you can turn a player into a keeper and then slide a keeper up from your depth chart, you're essentially trading a player for the pick and another player. So you have to think about it in those terms. But for true dynasty, it really is... Beauty in the eye of the beholder, because somebody's going to evaluate one pick way more than another. Somebody's a lot more risk tolerant. They're willing to take the chance that Suggs comes in and is immediately Fred Van Fleet into the top 30 or green, so and so on and so forth. So first thing we're going to talk about is how it's almost entirely context dependent based on your team because the direction that you're going should change how much you value those picks. If you're a rebuilding team and you've got time to be patient, you should not be trading the first overall pick or the second overall pick because you have time to be patient with Cade and Mobley. But there's also the chance that somebody blows you over. And if they blow you over with the player who's under 25 already being a top 20 dynasty asset or a top 30, 40 dynasty asset, it's kind of tough to turn that down. No. Yeah. And as you mentioned,
1: it's, those teams that maybe aren't competing right now will value those draft picks a little more. That's exactly right. But I also do want to say to maybe not value them too much. Like you don't want to be trading your young, solid players that have upside just to accumulate more picks because you're not competing right now. There is a little bit of that give take where it is nice to acquire assets, especially, you know, flipping players at the trade deadline that are maybe older than 26 years old. But at the same time, We see it all the time. You know, I'm not a competing team. Should I trade Zach Levine for fifth overall or something like that? And hang on to your good players. You do want to accumulate picks, but not at all costs.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. We're going to get into those levels here in a little bit, but specifically with this year's top four, there's a very clear drop-off for fantasy, I think. And last year it was kind of top two because everybody hated Edwards's game because he just seemed like a chucker that was going to be inefficient and wasn't sure if his game was going to translate 2019. It was a top three. So It's one of the surprisingly deeper drafts we've had in a while, at least for star talent, at least for guys who should at some point in their career end up being one of those elite dynasty assets versus just role players or, or, you know, top 60 or anything like that. So if you have a pick in that top four, obviously you're excited. And if you're trying to trade for a pick in that top four, you're going to have to drastically overpay in most cases, unless you have a situation like this, where you're trading KD to a team who's contending or wants to contend, but somehow still has the fourth overall pick. That's where we can't tell you what that context is going to look like for your league. And that's up to you either to make that assessment or up to you to bring that to us. And we'll help you make that assessment. Yeah, no question. And that
1: what you kind of mentioned gets into the, the first part of valuing picks is establishing that top tier of guys. And as you mentioned last year, to me, there was really only two in that top tier. And that was LaMelo and Wiseman, you know, even Edwards, even though he was the number one overall pick, wasn't really high. There were concerns regarded a lot of concerns. He was picked in that four to six range in rookie drafts. And then the, the year before that, I say there was top three. If you looked at the hype going into that, that draft uh, Zion Ja, and then I would throw Barrett in there as well. Barrett was the the number one guy coming into college. A lot of people thought he was the number one overall going to be number one overall until obviously his teammate passed him up. But I think Barrett would have been the number one overall pick last year if he was in that draft. So I think there were top three. And then this year, obviously we see there's a clear top four. So the first part in valuing picks is establishing that top tier of guys. Where do I need to be? Because there is a clear, clear drop off between four and five this year.
0: Just like to me, there was a clear drop off between two and three last year. So we have we've, we've assigned the players we think are going to go one, two and three, one, two, three, four in the rookie drafts. And we've assigned them a general outline of where that where we think they're going to be. So we're going to get into that. I don't know. It's we're probably too alike in this way to be too controversial with a lot of this, but with Cade at one, how high up on the dynasty rankings do you have him and who's the best player you would trade for Cade Cunningham or, or not trade for Cade Cunningham?
1: So this is nothing specific, nothing set in stone. Like, you know, we mentioned previously in our rankings, we will put these rookies into our rankings firmly once they are on a team and drafted. So we, we get that whole picture. But just for fun, right? Let's let's throw these guys in there. Let's see, what are they worth? What am I willing to, to give up for 1.1 this year? And I have Cade right there at 15. And I put him in our rankings just in front of Dame and just behind Booker, Beal, that group right there. And I could definitely see somebody wanting to trade Bradley Beal for 1.1. Anthony Davis for 1.1. That wouldn't shock me. If you don't like LaMelo, I could see Cade. In all regards, they're very similar players, LaMelo and Cade, coming in. So we have LaMelo ranked 9. Why shouldn't we have Cade ranked right there next to him? I can understand all those arguments. So completely understand that. But at the same time, he still is somewhat of an unknown. But I wouldn't trade him for anything other than a top 20 20 asset if I'm competing a guy like Levine, a guy like Dame is a huge get for 1.1. If I'm not competing, obviously you just hold that pick.
0: Right. There's no, if I have 1.1, I would need a Devin Booker. I would need an SGA. I would need a Fox. I would need a Lamello, a Zion, and then something else it seems crazy to ask for established players and extra established players. But if your team is that bad to where you have one overall, then you have the time to be patient and you shouldn't give up the quality piece. That is the first overall to get just a couple other pieces back. I would probably do LaMelo straight up just because we know what LaMelo is. And I think you said you would give Cade for Booker. Is that correct?
1: Man, those are so close. That's, That's like the perfect trade for me. I love Cade. I I think he's the real deal. And I, in rookies, I'm usually a little bit more skeptical than I am gung ho about. But I would probably take Booker over Cade right now if I had to make that decision. But you could go either
0: way. That could change tomorrow. (laughs) Right. And that's the first off, that's how you know it's a decent deal for both sides when when you're uncomfortable with it. But secondly, Even though we talk up Cade so much, there is an element of risk. There is the chance that he isn't what we think he's going to be. And so that's why if you have somebody like Devin Booker, it might be a little bit tough to trade what he is for what Cade can be. And if you have someone like Lamelo, you're going to struggle to trade him for what Cade could be, SGA, all that stuff. So it depends entirely on how you feel about Cade but there is a certain level of security in knowing that Cade will be a Detroit piston. (laughs) And that's actually going to be our, my bookie lock of the day because Troy Weaver is doing his due diligence. He's going to try and put out there that, that they're, they're willing to move off of one, but they're not going to move off of one. And as soon as there's a chance to bet on who's going to go number one overall, I'm probably going to head over to my bookie. I'm going to use the promo code hoopball. I'm going to get my deposit matched halfway up to $1,000 and going to be happy with getting 50 cents for the $500 I put in there because that's what the odds are going to be for Cade going number one overall.
1: I was just going to say, what? I, don't, I know my bookie doesn't have their odds up yet, but they're, it's going to be insane.
0: It's, you're not going <laughs> to win a ton of money, but bet with the best, bet with my bookie. Moving on to the second overall pick in the rookie drafts, who we both believe will be Evan Mobley or should be Evan Mobley from a fantasy perspective. He may not go number two in the NBA draft, but he should be two in your fantasy rookie drafts. Yeah, more
1: than likely, he's probably going to go 1.2, but I don't want to get too into the specifics of the players that might go 1.2. I just more so want to value that pick, right? Where, yeah. What are we looking at getting for 1.2 this year because that could really be any one of Green, Suggs, or Mobley, depending upon your team build and um, or depending upon your personal preference on, on how you feel. But for me, again, just going back to our rankings, uh, just giving a general area of where I would put Mobley, I threw him at 35 just ahead of Kevin Durant in our rankings and right behind Guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. and Miles Turner. Again, JJJ has tremendous upside. Miles Turner's rock steady, best shot blocker in the league. So I think Mobley kind of belongs in that group. And for me, again, he's he's a surefire top 40 asset. I wouldn't trade anybody that's not a, tap, a top 40 asset for
0: 1.2. I agree completely. And it's really interesting. I, I'm glad you brought up Jaron Jackson Jr. because if I had the option to take 1.2, who we assume will be Evan Mobley in most drafts or Jaron Jackson, I'm going to take JJJ because very similar skill sets, but Jaron Jackson is 21. He will be 22 and we know what he is. So I would probably take that as a certainty, but when you get down into the, typically you're not going to trade a rookie startup pick for somebody who's older. So the Kevin Durant's probably probably, that's going to be tough to do because your team would have to have been bad, but also ready to compete. That math doesn't check out. But then you look at the next player on our rankings, that's under 25 and that's DeJounte Murray. And if I was a rebuilding team, would I trade DeJounte Murray for 1.2? I I might have to turn in my DeJounte fan card, but I think I would probably (laughs) do that just because there's a five year difference. And this might be the only chance you have to get somebody like Mobley this early. So I think DeJounte wants his Jersey back.
1: Is is what I think, <laughs> but no, I, I agree. It, it doesn't have to be Mobley. I know we keep saying his name because we assume he's going to go one point two, but just valuing that that second pick overall, I think you right. have to value it as a top forty asset. And I wouldn't take anybody outside of that for him. Yeah, I mean, I just it's it's difficult these picks inside the top four, are just so hard to to try and find where to put them without knowing where they're going and and who they are. But in this draft, one point two is is uber valuable, definitely top 40 asset for sure in, the, in this draft.
0: And that's why if you have trades involving any of the top four picks, please send them to us. I want to know every trade out there that's involving any of these top four picks, whether it be, you've already have Cade, you already did your rookie draft, whether it be just the pick itself, anything like that. We want to know because that would give us a, a great idea of not only how the picks are being valued around leagues, but also how highly or maybe not so highly people are valuing these picks individually, which I think is ultimately what all of this is going to come down to. But next pick, obviously 1.3 really could be any, any of Mobley greener Suggs. And so there's, this is the one that gets a little bit tough because you could have three options depending on how somebody feels So you kind of have to change the evaluation a little bit, but we think it's a top 50 asset. So not that far back from two, but definitely a little bit of a drop-off.
1: Yeah, and I can definitely see the argument for keeping 1.2 and 1.3 both as top 40 assets because I could see somebody wanting a Jalen Green over a Mobley or a Jalen Suggs over, again, Mobley if it's better for your build. You know, if you're punt block, you might want to take Suggs over Mobley. If you're a bad team and have a top four pick, you probably don't have a punt at the moment. But you never know. There's you know a lot of different teams out there, a lot of different league sizes. So yeah, we put it at top fifty, not too far back from one point two, depending upon who you want there. It's it's tough at at fifty because there's there's a lot of solid players there, namely a guy that we're both really high on, and that's Darius Garland. And you have a couple guards in this top four not named kate cunningham that i think we would probably both take garland over
0: yes i would absolutely take garland it would depend on build but i might even take garland over 1.2 depending it very strongly depending on build because if you're if you're in a build that that doesn't value those blocks and you're going to be taking green at two i would much rather have garland again it's that it's that solid role that we know Garland is going to have. He is already on a team that's playing 30-something minutes. And you may be saying, well, hey, Rhett, if the Cavs draft Jalen Green or draft Jalen Suggs, they're going to be taking away from Darius Garland. And that very well could be true. But we know Garland is good in this league. He's so much more of a sure thing at only 21 years old that I think you have to consider something like that. I actually just got a trade sent to me by our man Tebby. He says he just got offered... Okungwu and 1.3 for 1.1. What are your thoughts? So he owns 1.1. He has Kade. He has yes.
1: So I'm assuming he's got a pretty poor team, bottom of the league. He didn't just luck into 1.1. Uh,
0: correct. By he some does, future not ha- he <laughs> does not have a good team, I don't
1: think. Uh, I would probably hang on to 1.1 and that trade. Just because Okongwu is still a few years away We have a Kongu in that 100 range. And if you're in a rebuild, he's probably a little bit higher for you in terms of a dynasty asset, maybe in that 80 range. So you're looking at like a top 50 asset and a top 80 asset for top 20. Right.
0: I'd probably just hang on to Cade. I definitely would hang on to Cade because a top 50, even top 40, depending on how you want to look at it, asset and a top 80 to 100 asset, that's just not enough to get you into the top 20. Yeah. Unless you just, really don't believe Cade's going to be good for some reason, which I don't think is the case. Back to 1.3 itself. You made an interesting comparison today before we started this. And I'm going to open the floor up to you to discuss it because man, is it interesting? Yeah. So 1.3,
1: we put Jalen green there. Most drafts, I think it's going to be between Suggs and green at 1.3. And I don't want to get too, too into the numbers because I do want to, want to save a little bit of that fire for when we update our rankings after the rookie draft so i'm actually going to save some of the my findings for a later pod you tease i i did i did i did i teased (laughs) you i teased you as well you didn't even know that was coming i did not know (laughs) got him i will give a comparison for jalen green that i think is extremely close and he's getting a lot of hype and the guy that i compare him to really had a lot of negativity coming in and that is anthony edwards i think those two guys are very similar and in fact i put Jalen green at 43rd in our rankings right behind anthony edwards still in that top 50 but they're really close
0: yes it is borderline shocking how close they are when you really get looking into it that's just another one of those things you know would you trade 1.3 for Anthony Edwards? I probably would. If I had 1.3 and I was going to get Edwards, I would probably take more of the sure thing. But again, that just completely depends on you, your team, the other person's team. They might be more willing to take the risk that Green is better than Edwards. Mm -hmm. But in most cases, Edwards being not even 20 yet, probably just going to take that.
1: The the goal of 1.3 is to turn it into one, a guy, who has a lot of potential. Right. And to, uh, I mean, a guy like Edwards who is productive now and you think can get better as he progresses. Yeah. So that's the, that's the whole point of that pick. I know there's that unknown and this is just my philosophy and drafting in general and just tune out if you, if you don't care, but like that's the whole point of 1.3 is to find somebody who you can build with. And I don't know why you would want to save that pick, when you can get a guy who's more of a sure thing, you know you saw what he was able to do. But I digress. We'll get into that more once we get our rankings updated and once rookie draft goes through.
0: That's going to be a whole nother podcast in itself. I think we're probably going to talk about the top four and where they rank on what teams, and that might just be forty-five minutes right yeah, there. I, we might I not- had to bite my tongue there. I didn't <laughs> want to get. I didn't want to get too into it. <laughs> Before you get too into it, uh, let's just move on. 1.4, potentially Jalen Suggs, potentially Jalen Green, potentially Evan Mobley. We have him as about a top 60. So you had him 57th in our rankings right in front of Westbrook. You want to explain on that a little bit?
1: If you look at as a whole, just to kind of summarize the top four picks, Cade's in it. Really, he's in a class of himself. I know we have yes. a tier of top four, but Cade's in a, in a tier of his own. And then you have these next three guys. And I have 1.2 as a top 40 asset. 1.3, we had a top 50 asset. At 1.4, I have it as a top 60 asset, meaning I wouldn't trade anybody that's outside that top 60-ish dynasty rankings for uh, 1.4. So you want to be hanging on to 1.4 if you're getting trades of guys outside of that uh, it's in terms of one for one. So that, and that's why we thought that KD trade was pretty good. You're getting 1.4 for KD and then the pick as well. So that's not bad. Anybody can go there, which is what makes it tough. And you could, you could argue that they're all, well, if you think 1.2 is a top 40 asset, 1.4 should be because they're all very similar and, and that's a good argument as well. But I think there is a little bit of, of layers there knowing okay, if I have 1.2, I get my pick
2: of yes, one of these guys. Exactly.
1: If I have 1.4, I'm sitting there and saying, well, I'm happy with whoever falls to me. Or I I would prefer Mobley, but I'm happy that I get sucks. Right.
0: That does matter. The optics of picking fourth rather than picking second or third definitely matter. Uh, I'm going to throw some names at you of guys who are outside the top 60 that are under 25. Would you trade them for 1.4? Oh, here we go. First things first, RJ Barrett. Yes. You own RJ Barrett I right now in our twelve team. You trade him for one point four? Yes, I would take one point four. Yes, I agree. Going on the other side of the of the top sixty, Jared Allen. Would you trade Jared Allen for one point four? That's pretty build specific, but just keep that in mind. Yes, I think I would as well. Yep. DeAndre Hunter. Yep. Jamal Murray. Uh, no. I would, I would hang on to Jamal. I'm a and believer then, in him, though. And then you get into the Darius Garland, which we know. Uh, McCall Bridges is just barely under 25. Would you trade McCall Bridges for 1.4? Oh,
1: man. We, you know my my take on on Bridges there. I do, but I had to bring so, him up. I
0: think they were on four podcasts in a row we brought him up. <laughs> oh,
1: man. I know it. He's just... He's the guy. Uh, I would... Uh, he, he is older than you think. He is almost 25. Which is what makes him a little less valuable to me, but... I would hang on to Bridges because I just got done talking about how, why would you trade a sure thing with a a guy that's stable and helps you? But at the same time, I also talked about how you want a guy like Edwards who has potential and upside. I don't see that in Bridges. That was my whole argument against Bridges. (laughs) So I'm contradicting myself a little bit with that regard, but uh, that's a great one.
0: That's the top four, all of them inside the top 60, 20, 40, 50, 60, right in those ranges
1: again comes down to personal preference but just kind of getting back to our overall viewpoint on valuing picks is number one you want to establish that tier and you don't even have to establish that top tier yourself a lot of times it's established for us this this first tier this first segment we're talking about is establishing where are the top picks and where should we value them and and that's that's in essence what we're trying to do here
0: Absolutely. So now we're going to stop talking about individual names and start talking about groups of picks. Also kind of groups of players that might be mocked in one direction or another, but not getting into any actual names. So we're going to talk about mid firsts for 12 teams specifically, obviously expand this out however far you need to for your size of the league. So this is essentially pick five through eight in a rookie draft. And These are the players where it kind of matters where they get drafted because Mm -hmm. they're not going to walk in like these other four and immediately start and immediately impact the game in a way that is fantasy relevant. Some of them might, but this is the range that Okungwu was going in last year. So we have them anywhere from 80 to 120. So are you saying that you would trade five through eight for anywhere anybody who contributes about 80 to 120 or 80 to 120 dynasty asset yeah so first off as
1: far as mid picks go that can be anywhere from fourth overall to eighth overall it it just kind of depends it's right after that top tier of guys and then you really have to establish this tier to me after like you mentioned after the the draft you need to know where these players are going the opportunity that they're going to get the team they're on as far as development so this mid first It's kind of established after the draft, but they are nice to collect depending upon that range because you can take some pretty good players that are going to get opportunity right away. A guy like Sadiq Bey, who when he was taken by the Pistons, you knew he was going to get opportunity right away. We didn't know he'd be this good, but you knew the opportunity was going to be there and it makes him a little bit more worthy of that pick, even though he wasn't one of those top-tier prospects and he was a little bit older. But yeah, I, I put down 80 to 120 range. It is a huge range. I think a mid-first round pick can be right around a top 100 player. A little
0: bit more, a little bit less. Time to throw some names to it. All right. <laughs> so mid-first, pick five through pick eight. You trading that for Patrick Williams? No, absolutely not. And and I'm going to say... You're not trading those picks for Patrick Williams?
1: Oh, I, I absolutely have taken Patrick yes. Williams. And I'm going to say this is where... I almost always go with the player that I know than the flyer. Cause a lot of these picks are exactly that flyers. You don't really know what they're going to be. You, you, you don't really have a good sense of what they're going to be. So I'm almost always going to take the player versus a mid first. I
0: agree with that wholeheartedly. All right. Markel Fultz.
1: Yeah, I would, I would take Fultz. Kobe White i'd take kobe
0: i think he has a good role right now i'm gonna drop down like 15 spots over (laughs) wiseman over wendell carter jr claxton thomas bryant herder that's a good one Herder, his playoff run he looked solid i would take herder
1: again these mid-round picks if you can get a player that one is young and two is contributing i think that's a win that's a win yeah so laurie Markinen. Yeah, I would take Marketing over the first, over mid first. Bagley? Ooh, that one's tough there. That's tough because that's <laughs> also a flyer. <laughs> they are both flyers. That one, so that one I would probably take the mid first. Yes. And I'm going to, and the reason that is, I want to bring up a point that we kind of talked about, but I don't know if we've hit on yet is when you're valuing picks and first round picks. You have to take into account what your league thinks and what other people think about that pick as well, not so much what you may think. And I think that's huge. Because this year, if I had like seventh or eighth pick overall, and I can get a guy around that 100 range, like a Markel Fultz, I'm doing that. But somebody might value that pick even a little bit more than that top 100 range. So it, it just depends. And you really have to know what other people are valuing
0: those picks as well. You need to come to your own conclusions, of course, but there's a lot of people out there who spend a lot of time looking at these prospects, trying to project what they're going to be good at, what range they might, or what stats they might be able to contribute to above average. And that's what's going to drive their fantasy value, of course. So there's a lot of information out there and a lot of people who don't put in the work themselves. And so if you are going in there and putting in the work and being like, hey, this fifth or sixth overall pick is not that great, but you can find some people who think that it is and you can go out there and get a Patrick Williams or a Markel Fultz or guys that are contributing now that are already like borderline standard league relevant without needing to wait for them to develop. Like they're already good. That's something that you should definitely be considering, but it's just, it completely comes down to finding the person who values that draft spot. And I think that's the biggest part about this
1: yep and if you can trade a player you know like Bagley who a lot of people are down on you know just because his his injuries he hasn't really looked that good he's had a lot of trouble in Sacramento in general it sounds like there's a lot of rift between them so playing time could be in question things like that where he's just pretty his projection and his at his rankings pretty down overall so if you can get something that other people may value more as a as an asset or as a, you know, a trade target, you got to do that, I think. And that's important
0: to know as well. Absolutely. And that is pretty much all we have to say on mid firsts until we have a better idea of where guys are going in those rookie drafts to be able to put names to draft slots and be able to talk about those names individually, because just like we talked about putting names on the other end of a trade for somebody who's in the 80 to 120 Uh, It also depends on who that pick is that you're trading, whether it's Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, just all giddy all the way down the line. So once we have a better feel for what that is, then we'll start talking about specific players. Or if you have a specific player that's already been drafted, we would, we would love to hear about that. So last and least is the late first and that's picks nine through 12 these are sweeteners honestly more than anything else especially in 12 team leagues mm-hmm. the the league knows that the pick is is just late like it's just not it's not a priority for hardly anything it's something that you throw in there after you've gone through a bit of haggling a little little bit of negotiation and that's just what you put in there to to put it over the top but you said you had it at about 120 plus, and that's such a wide range. Yeah, I put 120 plus because
1: it, it really depends on the age. Mo- I would assume most of these teams with the late first had a good season, and they're looking to maybe compete next year. So, I mean, what do we do when we get a fresh set of picks? You know, we're, we're fan tracks Immediately guys. try to trade them.
2: <laughs> <So we> get,
1: <laughs> I mean, I think that was exactly what happened is the season ended. We got a fresh set of picks. And boom, the trade box just lit up
0: immediately.
1: Picks available, first round pick available. So and so, and my first available for, you know, a, a competing player, or whoever it may be. So it's it was pretty funny how to to see that, and I think that's exactly what these late firsts are. They're great for teams that aren't competing, teams that are rebuilding, to add a late first, but maybe not give up a lot. So I think this is. A great range for those rebuilding teams to give up a veteran player, an older player who isn't going to mean anything for their team, to pick up a, a potential flyer late round first, 10 to 12 range, and just sit and hold them. And I, I think these can be
0: really valuable. So we've got some names outside of 120. Brooke Lopez, would you give. Would you give a late first for Brook Lopez if you're a contending team and you have 11th overall, 12th overall? Would you give that pick for Brook Lopez? I wouldn't at the start of the season, but the trade deadline. Well, once all, you all bets are off. <laughs> okay, yeah, for future picks, for future picks, Correct. of course. But right yep. this second, for the draft that we're about to head into. Sure. Um, yeah, I would not. No, unless well. Brooke is a
1: pretty specific player with a with a specific skill set. He's got, a, skillset, he's got different, yeah, different game. If if you know, I'm competing in blocks with a with another top guy in my league. Sure, I would I would do that. Dinwiddie. I would probably prefer Dinwiddie, but we'll we'll get in clay we'll get in on him more later. Clay's tough. Yeah, I would give a late first for Clay. I'd take that chance because, like I said, too. I'm... If I got a late first, I'm a competing team. I'm you got to get, get better. I'm taking a vet and looking only one to three years down the line. Fournier?
0: No, I would, I would keep my Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, once you get the, 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 the 110 to 150 range in our rankings is a lot of young guys. And so Fournier yep. and Harrison Barnes are the only two between – One thirty and one fifty that are over twenty five, and I don't think I would give ten through twelve right this second for either of those two guys.
1: But but that is a great point that you're bringing up. There is to to utilize those late firsts on already young players that you think might get opportunity this year, or that you see something in that maybe another person doesn't see.
0: Occasionally, there's some young guys who slip through the cracks. I know Keldon Johnson was one last year in our 12 team league that somehow made it all the way through and then obviously blew up to start the season and I sold high. Love that. But yeah, it's just it's really interesting what these picks can mean for teams. And then we didn't even get into 30 team leagues, but if you're in a 30 team league take these evaluations with these first 12 picks, double it. And then add a, and then add six more picks and that's that's what we think we'll evaluate. And I think that that's the really tough part about thirty team leagues is when people start talking about mid to late first, it's like, okay, that's that's twelve to twenty. Like that's oh, a yeah. that's a huge you're That's, out of, that's you're not out even good re- yeah. yeah. So those those thirty team late firsts, I would be throwing I probably will be throwing them around willy-nilly if if I if I get a good team there. But uh yeah, just let us know. Send us send us all your trades with any any picks involved cuz we just really want to see how your league is valuing them and uh, and then go from there.
1: Yep, that's a great point. Biggest takeaway is is you got to know how your league's valuing those picks and you need to know what tier of assets those picks can bring in and decipher from there on where you need to be cuz you know, like we mentioned there's a huge difference between number four and number five if we see a trade that says player x for top five pick this year we we need to know is that is that going to be four or better or is that going to be fifth because that's going to heavily influence our opinion on that trade
0: yes yes it will so try to give as much detail as possible obviously sometimes you don't have it but that's just always helpful And, and that
1: goes for for every season moving forward i know It's difficult when you get future picks involved and you you don't really know where a team's going to finish. You can kind of project, but you don't really know for certain. But it's true for every year. There's always a tier of guys coming in whose dynasty ranking is going to be head and shoulders above that second tier, those mid-first round guys.
0: As we close, please go check out my Just Right article and our Just Right pod I think we talked about a couple guys on there that are really worth digging into and valuing heavily moving forward. Check out our dynasty rankings. Let us know what you think about those. We'll be moving those around sooner rather than later as we get feedback and start thinking about it and looking at names uh, either going up or down. And then of course, updating them as the rookies are drafted. We've got a ton of other stuff coming out for hoop ball. Uh, we might even have a, a little a little guest over here on Pun Intended here in in the near future. So be on the lookout for that. Somebody we're really excited to have on talk about some Dynasty. Find me on Twitter at Rhett underscore Bauer, R-H-E-T-T underscore B-A-U-E-R. Find Travis at Travis underscore Fuller 92. Send us everything you got. We still need some questions for future pods to, to throw that up there at the front. So we're getting close to a mailback day. I think we need like... We're we need slowly two getting or there. Three more. There's been a couple that have been sent and I think y'all are just bragging. I like <laughs> that's all that it is cuz you're you're out here talking about like, well, do I trade Garland for Kevin Herder or like is that a trade straight up I should do? Or the, I guess it would be the other way. Do I trade Herder for Garland and you know that's great good for you but i'm not gonna depress everybody else out there by bringing those sorts of traits to the table because there's there's some people out there who have a hard bargain so send us all your stuff we really look forward to reading it and we spend a lot of time going through all of you guys so thank you very much for listening see you